the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Coming to you from pristineauction.com studios with your hosts, Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Joe Holka. Welcome, Foot Clan. It is the DFS for the rest of us. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I was putting down my water before this started and i was like all right i forgot we got voice guy so i wish could, could he like do my voicemail so when you call my phone you're like you've called jake seeley select nine if you want to see this movie this week why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to see nice i'm, I'm just uh, glad chris is back so i don't have to deal with this on my own this week again man welcome back <laughs> thank you what a cool job you know that was you know that reference to be a voice guy yeah i would love well, to it's your show it's your, fr- it's your friend's show yeah, my well, yeah, but my voice sucks. For nobody ever asked me to do Amazon web service commercials, <laughs> like good old Mike over there. There's actually another commercial. I keep forgetting to, I keep hearing it while I'm working. And I never see what it is. It sounds like Mike, but it's not him. It's not him doing the Amazon one. But yeah, Chris is back with us. Follow Chris at Chris Meany, Joe Joe Holka. I'm at All In Kid. You guys know that. And if you're not part of the DFS footballers, like the suite of greatness on their site. If you put in the code podcast, you get 10% off the DFS pass where Chris has an article. I have an article with the APA rankings, which are adjusted fantasy points allowed. So you get all that stuff, which will help you make your lineups for this week. But that's what this podcast is about. That's what we're here to do for week 12. And we're just going to jump right into it. Cause we'll make sure like at this point of the season, we don't need to rehash the things, you know, so cash game stuff. That's where we're headed. We're getting right into it. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. And why I said we're getting straight into it, because let's not, we don't need to debate the validity of getting Christian McCaffrey in your lineup. But can you, like, after what happened last week, the price is still at 10.5. We're still up at this point where it's such a huge gap to number two. Is there a point now, Joe, where you're starting to hesitate? Are you still plugging them in there and figuring out a way to make it work? I will say that if there's any hesitation, it has more to do with just the salaries in, in general across DraftKings in particular this week. It's really hard to build lineups. So we talked about that last week. In particular, this week, it seems almost even a little bit more gross. Um, that said, last week, Christian McCaffrey basically getting there without a touchdown in one of the worst uh, performances from a quarterback we've seen all year. Uh, so I think McCaffrey, I mean, the safety is definitely there. Uh, 10-5, you have to probably... Uh, maybe hesitate a little bit if you want to have like a situation where you have a ton of tournament exposure to him just because there is some really strong wide receiver plays this week as well but yeah I mean I'm not going to talk anyone out of Christian McCaffrey he's been kind of the one constant we've had this year I will say I do have good amount of respect for this New Orleans defense Um, they're a team that we've talked about a lot a team that brings a ton of pressure Uh, so if there was a spot um, at least on paper, uh, this isn't the best matchup for McCaffrey, but the volume should be there. Ten five, the price is the same as it has been. Uh, so yeah, no issues whatsoever. I think that it's a, it's a tough slate. I will say that. Yeah, I got my dog barking. He wants uh, CMC in there for for everybody at ten five. But no, you bring up a good point. And in just terms of just how bad Kyle Allen was last week and still Christian McCaffrey was able to put up those kind of numbers. I mean, he had a better week 11 than he had week 10 and, and Kyle Allen looked a little bit better in that game that he did last week. But my problem is just the difference in terms of pricing with him and, C- and Kamara. I mean, you save so much money with Alvin Kamara and I don't think anybody, anyone would be shocked if they put up very similar outputs. I mean, you just look at the points per game, and yeah, there's a big difference, but Kamara's missed a lot of time. He's been unhealthy. He's only played a handful of games with Drew Brees and just back-to-back games with at least 10 targets. I and mean, this guy is completely involved through the air and on the ground now. So um, 
I'm actually going to avoid CMC, but if you can find a way to get him in there, obviously, I mean, do it. I'm straight avoiding him because the fact is $2,100 and $2,300 difference to who you just brought up with Camara. I just, I don't see at this point now the reason to spend up for when you have Camara as an option. I mean, we could even talk about, we haven't brought him up yet, but Saquon Barkley, you can get it. You can run against the Bears this year and the team has looked miserable. Saquon Barkley has been not what we want him to be and not even a top five. I mean, he and both Zeke are kind of in that discussion where they don't really kind of deserve to be in that, hey, even if they're 8,000, you plug them, play them. There's been a certain argument against both, but it's Kamara. It's not him. It's a Kamara in this opportunity, this matchup with no team. Like, it's not even close. The Carolina Panthers, despite everything that went wrong with Brian Hill last week, still gave up another rushing touchdown. They just went to Olsen. So I think Kamara is just, for that kind of savings, I'm not even touching McCaffrey for the first time ever. I love the uh, Kamara call. He's someone that, like, his usage through the air has been so safe, and, and you really can't say that for a lot of running backs this week that are in pretty decent spots. So I do think that uh, Kamara has got to be one of those guys you're strongly considering for, for cash games. Um, I think in tournaments, his upside still is right there. Uh, and you mentioned the savings with CMC. That's a big part of, like, this, the roster construction this week. Like, I have no issues with uh, paying down uh, a little bit more for Kamara because there's some guys in that – that higher end range that aren't going to have near the type of involvement uh, through the air as Kamara. And I think we've, we've all kind of got a little bit of question marks when it comes to, to Zeke and Saquon, unfortunately recently. And then we kind of get down to some of these other guys that don't have near the, the roll through the air. So yeah, Christian, Christian McCaffrey, I think he's still a really strong play, but, but Kamara for a uh, free 200, I think he shapes up as a, a much better kind of point per dollar play this week on DraftKings for sure. Jake, would you go there with Barkley and Cash, knowing you know what we saw last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, and j- tournament. just yeah, tournament for sure. I love him a lot in tournaments too. His, I mean, his price has dropped down. I believe this is the first time all year and in his on DraftKings where he's under AK. I mean, the last time we saw him, he was eight eight. Uh, that was week ten, and you know, do you want to guess his projected one rushing shit? yard? Um, I, I would imagine it's top five. Nope, it's not. Joe. Wow. Uh, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to be kind of right in line with Chris there. I was going to say top five. Nope. Try top uh, 10. Nope. Try top 15. Nope. He's 2% goodness. projected ownership really? as of right now. It's, wow. Look, the Bears, people are still scared of the Bears, and they're scared of what's been the disappointing season for Saquon Barkley. Right now, 2% ownership alongside the guy on the other side of the ball and David Montgomery and Devin Singletary and rookies and disappointments. Also, Darius Geis. That's who he's down there with is Darius Geis and not understanding. Like, Here's one I'll throw out. I will bring up Darius Geis for one reason. Adrian Peterson didn't practice. It doesn't sound like he's going to miss. It's just safety and all that type of stuff. But just on the off, like if there is no Adrian Peterson, would you consider Geis? I, I would, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to consider him anyways more so on, on the tournament side of things. You know, AP out would obviously inflate his ownership quite a bit but at some point Washington is going to see what they have with this guy I mean he's got 17 career carries they're going to turn the page over to him and give him probably double digit carries you know he had that that one catch that he took to the house it wouldn't count on that every single week but it is nice to see him get five targets in two games so at four seven I mean absolutely but I'm a little hesitant in cash but I do think eventually they're going to turn it over to him and it's a good matchup well, here, Joe, I'm a little hesitant because of what you bring up all the time and why you hate Derrick Henry and why you hate Tevin Coleman and why you hate... All- I don't ever see... like I agree with everything Chris just said, but I don't ever see him getting to 20 
plus touches because I think as stupid as this team is as a front office, they're still smart enough not to kill this guy with two injuries already. Yeah, Geis, is, he's not going to be in my player pool. Just to be completely honest, I think that going back to Miles Sanders, going back to Brian Hill in a much stronger game environment, Philly, Seattle, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, those are the games we want to focus on this week, I think, with a relatively similar touch projection. I know neither of those guys got there for everyone in cash games last week, but I still think that both of their roles are much more secure through the air, and that's what I care about. So if I'm paying down, I think it's just going back to the Miles Sanders or Brian Hill uh, range for me. I'm not super interested in Kalen Balage down there, uh, but I think even him, you can kind of give him a touch projection at least uh, stronger than than guys. The guys would be in play. I get what you're saying. If, if AP does end up missing, then maybe he ends up around those guys. But my first instincts are just to go back to to Miles Sanders or Brian Hill down there. Yeah, I like no, Sanders. I would. Nope, nope. I nope, would rather take min player and take a zero than to put Balage in my freaking lineup. Just, oh, I mean, just, I was just looking at guys no, in that range that are going to touch the no. ball. Patri- Patrick Laird, that's where you need to go. Six of six for targets, outproduced him on 37 not, not fewer snaps. No, yes, 100%. Yes, over Kalen Balage. I will make that bet with you right now that he outperforms oh, Balage. There's no chance I'm putting real uh, American dollars behind <laughs> Balage. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, see, there you go. Canadian thing, dollars I don't think either of those guys are in play for DFS. Maybe season-long fillers, but not DFS. Yeah, I agree completely. I think we're all on the same page here. Uh, you, you know, I think Jake was just... Heck no. We'll talk. Well, hey, you're not going to play Laird. him. Patrick yeah. Laird tournament. We'll talk about Patrick Ugh. Laird when we get to the tournament. But Sanders <laughs> is interesting, though, to bring him back up. I mean, maybe just in a tournament, but uh, it was he wasn't that productive, but he ran routes on 43 of Wentz's 48 dropbacks. He played 85% of the snaps. He got about 60% of, of the carry, so he wasn't that productive. But you got to figure this game. I mean, Seattle is going to be able to score points, I think. I mean, last week. Eagles defense did a great job against Tom Brady in New England, but I, I'm just not buying into that Pat's offense. This is a Russell Wilson, different beast, so they're going to score points. Alshon Jeffrey doesn't look like he's going to be able to play again, and Jordan Howard out again. So I, I would imagine people, everyone who played him last week, Joe, is just, no thanks. Like, I'm not going to bother rolling him out again. Don't and I still think <laughs> I still think that there's going to be an opportunity for about five or six catches. I'm off this, Joe, uh, because, the, the, look, everybody keeps talking about the game flow and the game script. And Se- Seattle has, I just wrote it up, the highest rushing total on the year, 69 yards, except for Nick Chubb is the only person to have broken through that. Nick Chubb is the only person to break through that. I say that again because I don't think people are giving the Seattle defense any credit for stopping anything this year, and it's carrying over to the run game because they talk about game script. But if you look at it, it's basically touchdowns, and if you go back to the touchdowns, a touchdown of 67 yards for Ronald Jones, a touchdown of 29 yards for Brian Hill. Like This is kind of what you always argue against, Joe, is you talk about the volume here. The only person with the volume is Nick Chubb for 20 or 122 and two touchdowns. I don't think Miles Sanders is getting any world in that conversation. Maybe. I just think that if we're, we're kind of digging deep for some sort of salary relief here, like I still think that Miles Sanders and Brian Hills are the guys earlier in the week that I would, I would much rather grab a piece of these two games than the other ones we mentioned. And yeah, Seattle's actually been pretty strong against running backs in the passing game. And I actually have Sanders projected for just over four catches right now, which, which seems like decent volume to me. Like, so it's like going all the way down there and, and or do you really want to go to the range of like Le'Veon Bell for like a really similar touch projection at a higher price, better matchup probably. So I'm, I'm with you on that, but I actually, no, I, I, I like this game quite a bit. I'll give you two. Okay. One is the one we haven't talked about. We need to bring up period is if there is no James Conner, Jalen Samuels has to be in play, right? Or are we really that scared of Benny Snell? Because we will say one thing. 
Now, Jalen Samuels had the 13 receptions. Then he got the carries. Then he was all over the map. And not, like there has no, there's no consistent use for Jalen Samuels yet. There's no way to say he's definitely getting the carries. There's no way to say he's getting definitely all the passing game work and zero carries. He's going to be used in the passing game. We just don't have a clear example of he's definitively only this. It's been all over the map. So I bring up Jalen Samuels on the other one I'll throw out to you guys as a team that you can run against whose defense is really good and really good only against the pass. I'll go Philip Lindsay against the Bills. Hmm. Salary. Ahead, You're looking I wanna, for salary. I want to look at the Philip Lindsay thing. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> yeah, the the Lindsay the Lindsay thing is interesting. I like his price at five two. You can you can run on the Bills. He's going to catch a few balls out of the backfield. I, I mean, I don't mind that one. But uh, for Samuel's, I mean, seven two on DK. It's it's just too expensive for me because of what you said, Jake. Like, yeah, he's going to be involved through the air. He had sixteen of his twenty targets in two games where Connor was inactive. That's great. But what's he really going to do on the ground? Handle. Yeah. Sure, but then you don't even get the full point for the catch. But um, it, he, definitely a little bit more reasonable, certainly on Fando. I did write him up in, as a GPP play, and, and, and I'm sure he'll probably be pretty pretty popular. But this Steelers team is, they're just so bad. Even against the Bengals, I just, what, what are we looking at here? Like maybe a 14-13 game? I mean, they're bottom five in every single offensive category, and they're going to be without their, their top two wide receivers and their running backs. So I just don't expect a lot of... Yeah, Jalen Samus could essentially be their number one running back and number one wide receiver. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I Probably both, yeah. I think, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm kind of aligned with Chris on this one. I think that if he was even in, like, the mid-6Ks, I'd have a lot more interest in Jalen Samuels. It just seems like a lot of risk to take on for a guy at 7,200 on DraftKings. Fandle, I get he's a little bit uh, cheaper over there relative to some of these other ones. But 7,200, like, if you can find an extra 1K just to get to Camara, I mean, obviously you'd rather do that. 1K isn't going to be that easy to get to on this slate but i think the touch projection makes a lot more sense just to try and uh, go elsewhere in roster construction uh maybe well, a to be clear play. i wasn't arguing for samuels as much as i was arguing for Lindsay and throwing out two names at the same time just okay well the Lindsay one that makes sense from like kind of the matchup for sure so i'm, I'm in on that I, I think that just like still I'm, I'm drawn towards miles sanders and brian hill maybe that's just a little bit of last week for me like i said i think that the brian hill people that are kind of upset about what happened. Like if he gets in the end zone, we're thinking, I mean, he basically gets there from his, his price um, last, last week, his usage was decent. So uh, I think I'm more willing to go back to, to those games in the better game environment. But uh, I think it, Lindsay's interesting. I guess have some huge pace concerns in that game and like overall game environment. I think there's one guy in that game that I really like, oh, and I'm sure oh, you guys can think of it. Hold on. Do you know how many people have gotten into the end zone against the Buccaneers? I don't look at those type of stats typically, but let's hear it. Two. Todd Gurley and Christian McCaffrey. I'm not touching Brian Hill with a 50-foot pole of your money. There's no way. (laughs) I may sprinkle one Brian Hill lineup in in tournaments just because, again, the whole thing with with Sanders. Yeah, it's not a great matchup. He's 4-9, but you you can't you can't argue four or nine and somebody's probably going to get 15 to 17 opportunities. Like Joe said, if he just finds the end zone, he turns value. But um, yeah, I don't love them against the box. That's, that's not happening. That's it's hard to build lineups this week, man. Like I think those guys like are going to project well across the industry, but it's kind of scary. One guy we haven't even well, talked about t- is Chubb. Uh, <laughs> Chubb, you got to play. <laughs> Do you? Why not? I mean, because he's at least 20 carries in five straight games, 47 in two games with Kareem Hunt. This is against Miami. No, because the price and what, he, this is so he's Derrick Henry now, but he's better Derrick Henry. We can agree on something today, Jake. Let's go. I, I know yeah. Chubb's going to be popular. I think he's too expensive. Like Hunt has been like way more involved than I think uh, I originally thought he might be. So, I mean, he's taken away the small. I mean, I guess the inconsistent 
uh, receiving aspect of Chubb this year, but now Hunt's basically taking it away. So at 8,100, like he's got to get multiple touchdowns, right? To even match some of these other guys at like point per dollar. He's going to do it. It could happen. <laughs> Double digit home favorites. Hunt versus Laird. <laughs> but I do like Hunt too. Yeah. I mean, how can you not like Hunt? 17 targets in two games. He's on the field the same time as Chubb. He's absolutely involved in this offense and, you know, he's a lot cheaper. All right. So anybody else before we move with the wide receiver? Oh, actually, yes. Are you about to say it, Joe? You're about to well, bring up I, your boy? I, I'm No, I'm more or less, I just want you to hear. Well, yeah, Leonard Fournette, like he's going to touch the ball 26 times. But uh, I want to hear your Derrick Henry take because he's going to be really popular this week against Jacksonville. And I'm trying to talk myself into it just to close my eyes. But it's, it's really hard for me, as you guys know. I'm not going to talk you into Derrick Henry. No, against Jacksonville? This no. time of year, like no one wants to tackle Derrick Henry this time of year. That's what people are going to be talking about this week, 100%. Like he just shreds Jacksonville. Like he's going to get his 20, probably 21 touches on the ground. That's, that's not narrative. He's going to touch the ball 21 times at least. No, on the no, ground, no. Right? The narrative is he just shreds Jacksonville. That's well, like, he, did, he didn't earlier this year, but he has had some big games against them. And, you know, no, because well, I'll say Chris is, I think you'll defense. agree. We talk about this on the, on the show that we do for the athletic. Chris is somebody asked me in this today. They said, Jameis Winston's games against the Falcons. He averages 2.8 passing top, blah, blah, blah. And past season, you know how much that means this year? absolutely nothing. You know how much that means for the first three weeks compared to now? Absolutely nothing. Things change within season, let alone past season. I'm not coming after that. It just, this is a lot of people will make the similar argument. And that's where, uh, you know, I was having fun with Joe, but that's why I don't care. I don't care if Derek Henry's put up 150 yards in every single game he's ever faced Jacksonville. in. It's comes nothing. It's the same thing as being due. It's, you know, that's what you do this week. Yeah, I, I never play Derrick Henry in, on DK just because he doesn't catch <laughs> passes. That's that's basically. But if he what catches one and goes fifty yards, yeah, and then and then you're like, oh man, should have played him on DK. But I played him on FanDuel where you get the half point. So um, yeah, I'm not totally into him. Zeke is interesting to me, but not in cash. Like a, a lot of people just seem to be down on Zeke. Oh, I mean, he's 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 awful. We haven't had that big Zeke game. I mean, he's got six touchdowns in his last seven games. He's had three 100 yard games in his last five. He's touched the ball at least 18 times in each of those games. Yeah, and he's dropped down to the price where DraftKings is like, oh, this guy sucks too. I mean, if they're going to beat New England. Beckham argument? Yeah, if they're going to beat New England, it's it's because he's involved. You know how much he was last week? 9K. He was 9K yeah. last week, and now he's $7,500. is as cheap as he's been all year by far. I'm interested in Zeke. By the way, Derrick Henry, 17 for 44 against Jacksonville in week three. It was week three. I just threw out week three as a random. I just, he just had almost 200 yards before the bye. So, like, if we want to talk about, like, at least recent performances. Like, I can't believe I'm making a Derrick, Har- Derrick Henry argument right now. Can we please move on? No, we definitely can because nobody's with you this time. This, is, right. this is the I guess anti- I got to play him on my FanDuel team. Yeah, this, the, the, this, is what, this is bizarro. This is the bizarro week show is Joe's making all the arguments that anybody else ever wants to make, and we're all coming after Joe. This is bizarro world week 12. All right, wide receiver. I am doing it. I can sneak preview. I'm finding a way to get Michael Thomas in at FanDuel. I can't do it at DraftKings, though. I was unable to do it at DraftKings. Well, you just really have to make a decision whether you want to go CMC or Camara or Michael Thomas. I guess you could go Michael Thomas and Camara, but no, you're so definitely not going to CMC. Chris, well, here's the difference. So it's $800 drop on FanDuel, which is less for two reasons. One, it's $1,300 drop on DraftKings. And then because FanDuel, you can get more with the pricing over there. It's actually less significant. That's almost like a $500 drop on DraftKings. So 
I, that's why I can get him on FanDuel and I can't do it on draft. You tell me $1,300 down to Julio and then forget that another 400. So almost $2,000 down to Lockett and Evans and Godwin and over 2000 for those two guys. That's why. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, but how could you avoid them? Like there's, I just there's nothing that. negative that you could say. <laughs> no, I just don't know how you can't get them in there. It's, I just told you how. Yeah, it's it's essentially like looking at him, and I hate it. This might be my worst show ever because I'm about to say something I don't think I've ever said before. He's essentially like has the volume of a running back in certain ways, like the safety of a running back in certain ways, and he's 9,300, and we don't love a lot of – at least I don't love a lot of the running back options this week. So it's it's a priority, but like it's extremely hard to get him in. Um, I don't know. It, it's a really – I mean, straight green across my sheet right now that I'm looking at, so you can't just ignore the guy. Mm, on DraftKings, you can. <laughs> You're gonna be on an island, my friend. <laughs> yeah. For twenty three hundred dollars, I'll sit down on the island and I'll count the twenty three hundred dollars easily. And I'm not even going to Julio Jones. You'll find out later. I think just there's no necessary reason, in my opinion. So, all right. So, Chris, last week we talked about the Buccaneers and what we said, and what I told Joe was something. Somebody tweeted this out, and they said there is like a little bit of a predictability with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Evans sees more target volume, more air yards when they're down. Godwin sees more targets, still less air yards though when they are winning or tied. So, this week with this game in hand. Do you try to pick between the two of them or do you just keep going back to Mike Evans because at least he's been the one producing the most of recent? Yeah, I just keep playing Evans because of what you said, the air yards. I mean, he's he's top 10 and he's got the the higher ceiling. So, I mean, I, I think he's been at least a little bit more consistent, but I don't mind a full game stack with both of them and Jameis. It's, it's hard to pick between one of the two, but I, I lean Evans. I might be on the Godwin side this week just because like if there's one thing that Atlanta has done at least a little bit better, it's defending the deep pass. Like they're actually above average in that category and they're 30th in the NFL at defending short passes. So hopefully we get uh, maybe a little bit more Godwin this spot. It's, it's probably a, a decent spot for both, but with what Atlanta has been doing on defense, just blitzing so much out of the bye with that new defensive coordinator, like there might not be time uh, for Evans to get down the field in this spot. So I actually think I like Evan or sorry, Godwin, uh, a little bit more this week. This is going to be one of the games that you you have to get right in tournaments, I think. Uh, I guess what we talked about this last week, too, about was it kind of the outlier performance from Atlanta. I tend to think that, like, these defensive coordinator, like, switches where, like, they're clearly blitzing more, pressuring more than they have. Uh, this kind of stuff really matters. So I'm actually more on the side where I think Atlanta, um, like, I think they might be a lot better than they were in the beginning of the season. And uh, obviously, now we have two-week sample size of them shutting down some some pretty decent offensive teams in Carolina and in New Orleans. So what are your thoughts on Atlanta as a whole right now, Jake? Like their offense? Their defense. Their de- oh, the defense, I think, is a great play. I think their defense. So one of, there's two defenses. Actually, there was one just like them, which I think we're going to talk about. Well, you know what? Might as well segue to that. I still like Crowder, but I'm off Sam Darnold, and I'm off the Jets uh, almost as a whole because similar to Atlanta – and Chris knows this because we talked about it on Wednesday's show, the last two weeks, the Atlanta Falcons defense, the one that's doing the exact same thing that nobody's noticing, but at least was a decent defense before the past two weeks, is the Oakland Raiders. They are pressuring the living hell out of the quarterbacks. And what did I say to Chris? Is well, I'll say the same thing to you, Joe, is you compare 
the last two matchups for the Raiders to this week, what all three teams have in common, terrible offensive lines. So that's why I'm a little bit off the Jets, but I still like Crowder. You can do both. You can like both, but it's the same reason where I think the Falcons, you have to like him because he's facing, there's, or he, they are facing Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston can throw 300 yards, three touchdowns, and still have three turnovers and make everybody happy. So I think the Falcons as a whole, I'm on Julio Jones. I'm on the passing game. I'm not on, you know this, I'm not on Brian Hill at all. I'm on the passing game. I'm on their defense, even though I like both sides of the ball here. Yeah, you bring up good points. I mean, the the defense has been has been phenomenal. I mean, they had seven sacks heading into that game against the Saints to get six and you know, double digit sacks over the past two weeks and clearly got the best of Kyle Allen last week. But yeah, Jameis is I, I, I like Jameis even though obviously you know that he'll probably get sacked a couple times and he'll throw a couple picks, but I mean four hundred and six passing attempts. I know we're kind of back onto the quarterbacks here, but I mean that ranks second in in the entire NFL. And it's just, you just know with the lack of run game and as bad as that defense is in, in Tampa Bay, he's just going to throw the ball 40 plus times. And with those two weapons, I, I wonder what the ownership is on Jameis. I don't think about it too much for quarterbacks, but I, I, you know, recency bias and what he's done over the past couple weeks, there's always that fear in somebody's head that, that Bruce Arians will just, you know, you're done. I, I can't see you anymore. You're like ride, ride the bench, but um, he could also blow up. Yeah, that, that's one that we're going to have to kind of figure out here, too. I, I don't know. The Jameis thing, I struggle with him because he doesn't run quite enough, but like it's still like this is like a pretty uh, great spot for him on paper. I think he's going to draw ownership to answer kind of your question there. I think that this game by far, like is this this game, like between Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston, that could be like a very large chunk of the ownership at quarterback this week because, I mean, we don't have any Lamar. We don't have Patrick Mahomes. We, I mean, maybe Russell Wilson against Philly will draw a decent amount of ownership too, but I would imagine the majority of it is going to be this Atlanta and Tampa Bay game, I think. That pains me so much, you know, Lamar. That's the one I would force in. I would force him in before I forced in McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. You guys know that. So, all right, well then, let me throw another one at you guys. Is it at the point now where Devontae Parker is a must-start in seasonal and now DFS because his price is still cheap? Like, they're like... Maybe they're as burned as we are from the first four seasons of waiting for Parker to happen. But at this point, is, is he almost a plug-in and they just figure everything else around him? I I think season, I, season long, I, he has it for weeks. I, I know you're – I think we're both hesitant here, Joe. I, yeah. I have liked him for a long time. I think we've brought him up on, um, I think, Jake, almost every single show maybe over the past few weeks. It seems to be a touchdown or 50 yards. He's been absolutely consistent all year long. And even last week against Tredavious White, I know when you and I talked on Wednesday, you said it just came on one play, but whatever. It still came on one play. Oh, I said garbage time. Games. Yeah, garbage time. It's it's all the same, and you're going to get this a lot with Miami. Back to back games with ten targets. Yeah, over two, you know nearly 200 yards the last two weeks. But I I don't mind the price. He's he's actually not on my radar this week, but I definitely have no problem. You want to go that way? He's he's a definite play in season long leagues. No question. Yeah, he's he wasn't someone that was really on my radar either. Just taking a second look at him, just like taking the name out of it. Like I, I just I, I really struggle with Miami in general, just because their team totals are so low, and that's so important at wide receiver. So um, I think he's his price actually is decent though for his actual usage. Like there's not a lot of great value this week at all. Um, so like if it kind of leads that way in roster construction, fifty two hundred on DraftKings is a, is a strong price for for that type of volume. Like he's still top 15 in weighted opportunity and, and really like one of the cheaper options um, when it comes to that this week. I mean, so I think he's probably okay. Just a scary game. I don't think it even is that scary. I don't think it's a scary. Well, I mean, are you talking about pace? 
Well, more just like that side of the ball. I'm not really sure. Like, I want to, I want to, I think, I still think Gasecki like is going to have a couple big games the rest of the year because his target share is fine. But I don't know. The Miami offense is really hard to get behind right now. Everyone's going to like Cleveland. So is that what you, you, you the game's maybe not that no, scary? No, it's, to, it's to Chris's point. You know, like, yeah, it was garbage time, but it's similar to the go back to the years of the, what, what we saw in Jacksonville is your garbage time still counts in fantasy and the volume is there every single week. The volume was there against that far worse matchup last week. All right. Then let me ask you something on the other side of the ball, Joe, how about revenge game for Jarvis Landry? Oh man. Uh, yeah. I mean, it would make some sense, right? The Miami's 28th in the league at defending short passes. If you care about that sort of thing. That's and what I care about. Lane. Not the revenge part. Yeah, I mean, so at the matchup shapes up really well for his skill set when I think a lot of people are just going to jam in OBJ for 700 more. Um, they're basically the same price on FanDuel, which is interesting, but on DraftKings, so, uh, OBJ is a, uh, a better price. I mean, that's the side of the ball I'm more focused on. Uh, I think that this is a, a kind of a get right, right spot for Cleveland. Uh, if it doesn't just end up being the running backs that eat up a lot of this usage, I think there's there's definitely room for, for Landry and Beckham to have a, a decent game here. Like both of these guys um projecting really well and the things that i care about both of them top eight in weighted opportunity the price tags are are uh, i mean you're not getting that much of a discount on these guys because of the miami matchup so i guess that's um going to be something that baker's at least cheap so if you did kind of go with like a three-man stack i think that that's one uh that this week in particular um would make some sense in tournaments i don't think any of these guys are cash viable yeah parker is actually parker just going back to him for a second 13th in targets over the last four weeks landry third i mean he's got 40 he's been forget revenge in miami he's just been really good over the past four weeks he's i mean it seems like he's getting double digit targets and i think a lot of that actually has to do with that top corner has been on odell you look at the last three matchups new england denver buffalo actually the last four with pittsburgh so odell's had yeah he's getting targets he's getting air yards last week he was down at the one uh, but he's faced some top coverage that him and Baker just haven't been on the same page. And I think Landry's benefited from it. So I, I'm actually more on the, the side of Baker, but I have no problem with Jarvis Landry. I think what you've seen over the past few weeks is what you're going to get this weekend as well. My concern for Baker is simply just what if he throws 220 yards and one touchdown, just not because he's having a bad day, but that's all he needs to do against the Dolphins. That's my only concern with that. And this is the Chubb show. Sure. The Chubb show. Go back to Nick Chubb. <laughs> this is your boy. Right. If, the, if you paint that narrative where Miami scores 10 points, I mean, they're, they're double-digit point favorites at home. Right. I mean, they're going to lean on Chubb. Well, what what if Kareem Hunt gets more carries this week just to keep Chubb healthy? It's possible. Or just try, we're just trying to get you general with Chubb. Like, that we're just trying, like yeah, we have no idea. How much, like, the, I hate these situations where we actually have no idea because Kareem Hunt is just like come in here and like, yeah, he has a role, but maybe they scale him up more as the season goes on. Like, I agree Chubb is a good play, just like 8,200. Like, how do you justify that? It's it's really hard. It's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard thing that you have to go through this week. And I think that that's what makes this slate great in a lot of ways, but also really difficult. And especially with all their struggles in the red zone, Jake, too. And I this one thing that I've, been keeping an eye on with Kareem Hunt and getting a lot of usage with Chubb on the field is they just have been they've been so bad in the red zone and yet they keep going back to Chubb so I'm just you know at at one point it's like okay do we just put in Kamara or not Kamara and Kareem Hunt like do we just give him the ball and and see if (laughs) I'm picturing like those old robot wind-up toys and just walking into a wall just like continuously like exactly it happened like eight times in a row a couple weeks ago (laughs) what are they like oh for 47 from the three yard list it's just ridiculous and it just keeps running into a wall running into a wall running into the wall and then Baker Mayfield gets in and we're all like damn it all right all right hey I wanted to step back real quick I'm gonna go back to running back because we didn't talk about this is this is going to be a name that I see 
high ownership, not the highest because I think everybody understands he's not used in the passing game because that's not who he is because he's Derrick Henry. We didn't talk about Bo Scarborough for his price in what is a good matchup. Uh, I'm not going there. I'm not going to go I, there. I don't mess with I, I actually pains me to say that because he's like just a preseason hero. If you play preseason DFS, like Bo Scarborough is like someone that you definitely know who he is. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like he's a, he's a legit zero in the passing game, right? Like some of these other guys might catch a ball. I would be shocked if he caught a ball. But to go back to your like for savings wise, you would you would still roll Derrick Henry 2000 more than Bo Scarborough 2000 less. Like, I feel like if you're, I've, I'm just bringing this up just to say, like, I feel like if you're willing to risk Derrick Henry at that price tag, why not take the 2000 savings and just plug in Scarborough? Maybe. I, I'm, I'm a little further away on that one, I think, than. Oh, that's than fine. Maybe you guys, this is why I bring I, it up for discussion. I, I, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, I, I'm a big Bo Scarborough guy. I guess if you watch this guy play, like, he's just like a thumper down the field. Oh, he's Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. Good. I mean, maybe the maybe the comp is closer than I realize. So I, I follow where you're going. He's with he's slightly more power with slightly less receiving ability. To your point, where we might get one or two catches from Derrick Henry, we're probably going to get zero every single week. But if we get to the goal line, where Derrick Henry struggle, they both do because guys this size, this is how you stop guys this size. You get them before they get to the line of scrimmage. You get that steam going. So, but the thing is, is Burrow Scarborough is a little bit less to get tripped up. Where you know, even if it's at the goal line, you know, Scarborough's and Patricia's going to use him. Because that's his role. Do you want, do you want to do a, a Kalen Balaj versus Bo Scarborough? Oh, I, doubt, I will do that a hundred million times over. Hundred percent. Just total fantasy points. Yeah. All right, let's do it. What's on What's on the line here? I, I've already ordered my Wolf Fuller jersey that I had to send back. I don't. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I still have Beowulf over here. I don't want any more jerseys. We'll just, <laughs> that's we'll, the last we'll jersey you're ever going to buy. Is that yeah. One. Are you going to be going to come to FSGA again? We'll do like a drink. Yeah, or something. Probably, I'll probably be at it. If not the if not the winter one, I'll be at the summer one probably. Well, the winter one's in Vegas. You got to come to that one. Oh, Ooh, okay. We'll have to look at <laughs> That's a mess. As if people are just like, we don't care, and I understand we don't yeah, care. Literally, go talking about our Kalen Balaj versus Bo Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just tuned out. If you're still with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where else are you looking at wide receiver? I brought up Jamison Crowder. You guys kind of acknowledged, but didn't, you know, I, I, is that a pretty easy why not every single week at this price? I think so. I mean, his his role is really safe. And you know that if, like, uh, things go wrong, I guess, for the Jets, like, that role is still going to be there and going to be secure. Uh, so I have no issues with that. 6,200 for basically a floor play, in my opinion, is a little bit harder for me to get behind like Oakland again. And, and these are the things that I pay attention to, like at these really like these teams that are really bad against like deep, deep passes, but really strong against short passes. Oakland is one of the worst teams in the league at defending the deep passes. So in theory, it's a Robbie Anderson spot. I just probably can't pull the trigger on that. The price difference is massive though. Now on DraftKings, So Crowder's at 6,200. And if you I just have to keep scrolling down 4,800 for Robbie Anderson. So like a really kind of, uh, high variance play for sure. Like definitely not smaller field or even uh, close to the cash consideration, but in a large field tournament, I think that that's the one on paper that makes more sense to me. Uh, 4,800 decent price for him. So um, I guess he's kind of a, on the tournament side of things. Like in terms of cash games, I think we touched on a lot of the guys. You, let's talk about John Brown though. Like I know the matchup isn't great, but number one in weighted opportunity rating is 6,700. Um, and I think after his game last week, people probably like people are getting smarter. They're not just going to like go right back to him. But I think the price is at least decent and like more of like a pivot off of OBJ, that sort of thing. Uh, what do you guys think about John Brown? Tournament. Tournament only. Yeah. For me. Okay. 
Yeah, tournament only for me too. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been awesome. I mean, even in some tough spots and with poor quarterback play from from Josh Allen. I mean, it's only two guys who have had at least four catches and fifty yards, and we all know the other guy is Michael Thomas and and John Brown is has been really really good this season. I agree with a lot of what you said too, Joe. With with Crowder is a maybe a safe floor, and Robbie Anderson, I definitely have some interest in tournaments as well. And I think people will just look at the game log and see one catch, two catches, one target. He's not really involved. It's been a lot of Crowder and Griffin, but uh, I'm definitely interested in him and, and maybe DJ Moore again. Like I know it's the Saints, and we talked about it with CMC and just how he was able to have a pretty solid game despite the poor quarterback play from Kyle Allen. I mean, DJ Moore had a really solid game as well. Another 15 targets, eight grabs. I mean, this guy he's averaging 11 targets, seven catches, 85 yards over his last five games. It's pretty solid. And his price is not really. I don't feel like it's it's it, this is the highest it's ever been at six four on DK, but I still don't feel like it's it's high enough. So what I, about, I think he's a decent value player. What about both of them, Joe? Because Curtis Samuel uh, Lattimore sounds iffy, and even if it's out there, he gets Eli Apple or PJ Williams. If there's no, here's the best part about it: if there's no Lattimore. PJ Williams is the one that bumped outside, and for how bad he is in the slot, he's now outside. So maybe both of them. The only that see, I kind of feel with Chris. You didn't bring up Curtis Samuel. Maybe this is why. We talked about it on our show, three catches, three catches, three catches, four catches, four catches, four catches, five catches, five catches. Like, it's three, four, five. And so he's going to have to score a touchdown or have a big play. Yeah, where's the ceiling? It's, I, I, I think it's DJ Moore for me, like fifth highest weighted opportunity at 6,400. Like, if you don't want to go anywhere near someone like John Brown, like he's the one I think that carries uh, the most safety for cash games for sure. Even against New Orleans, like you said, like it's not great. But uh, if, they, if they are banged up a little bit, that would make some sense. Is there any like really cheap guys like there's one name that I kind of keep kind of trying to work through in my head right now at the stone men on DraftKings. he's 3k uh Tim Patrick you guys have any interest in that Uh, he's questionable at least what I'm seeing but eight targets so maybe keep an eye on that injury because if if we're looking for something to open the slate up like I don't see a lot down there that I love like so who I guess I'll I'll pivot to this what do you guys like like sub 4k or sub 4500 on DraftKings? like I, I don't really like any of these wide receivers this week Calvin Harmon Jake hmm Calvin Harmon tournament play but three, I do. so three three I mean we might I'll just bring him up because you brought him up you ruined things come on Chris you've been out of the game for one week and you kind of blow my spot here <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> anxious, anxious. Right, so here's the thing so this is Joe knows this He's the one I told you that I was talking with about last week. What did I tell you, Joe, against the Lions? You want the number two. The number two is the number two is all year long. The Lions, if you look at their pass defense, the reason they give up so many fancy points to wide receivers and the reason their APA is so high and everything that you look at, it's inflated by the number twos and some number threes. It's very rarely the number one that hits because Darius Slay deserves credit. Darius Slay is out there. I'm not saying Kelvin Harmon with Dwayne Haskins and essentially what was his first good game and essentially has been on the field very few times so far as a rookie. But yes, tournament play, Chris. Yes, I am on Kelvin Harmon for a tournament play. Well, yeah, you're not going to, I mean, I'm not going to suggest anybody plays any of these guys in cash. I mean, you got to give yourself a well-balanced lineup. I mean, you can't be just plugging in $3,000 wideouts. Yeah, like it's... Sure. And that's how you get, you know, that's how you get the big bucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harmon, at least, you know, to your point about Slay, and then it was encouraging last week. I mean, Kerr highs across the board, and it's not even close. I mean, six targets, five grabs, 53 yards. He does that at 3 3, double digit fantasy points. I can live with that. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. All right. So, yeah, by the way, Tim Patrick completely mispracticed yesterday. So, we'll have to watch that, Joe. That's, yeah. 
Uh, but I, I'm with you actually to go back to that. That's why I bring it up is because I think that's an interesting one for savings too. As you said, you're trying to find some flexibility somewhere. We need something to happen here. Like all these guys are talking about is like irrelevant because you can't play half. Tim, Tim Patrick's actually in the top 20 for projected ownership, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because if anyone's trying to build lineups yet, like it's, you need something. So then I'll give you one more. Uh, this is another one. And Chris will know where I'm going with this against my giants. And the fact that DeAndre Baker is beyond awful. He's been exploited all year long. He hasn't gotten any better. Haley or whatever they're throwing out as their third corner has been awful all year long. So we don't have, this is what Chris knows where I'm going. We don't have a game of this because Taylor Gabriel wasn't out there for both games. Chase Daniel started, but if Chase Daniel and Taylor Gabriel can connect on just a few plays. And here's the interesting part is Taylor Gabriel has been playing outside more than Anthony Miller because Anthony Miller has been monopolizing the slot, which makes you say Taylor Gabriel snap count too will be out there more. If Jenkins is on Allen Robinson, I think Taylor Gabriel, if, to your point, I mean, we're digging for these Tim Patrick's and the, I think Gabriel, I would feel better about Gabriel than Tim Patrick, given the matchups. I love that one. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great call. That, that price of 4,200 really stands out. Um, the matchup against the Giants, like you said, um, can be beaten for sure. And like, that's the one that really stands out in terms of weighted opportunity. Like these, these guys that are cheaper that pop into that, like those guys end up being ones that I pull the trigger on more often than not. So like basically Taylor Gabriel down there, um, Auden Tate at a similar price point, but I think I prefer Gabriel. I think Auden Tate's out, out. His his neck. Keep an eye on Tate. Yeah. His neck was wrecked on that play. Yeah. There you go. No brainer. Um, I, you know, this first time I think I'll ever say this is that you like Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. But, I'd like him a little bit more with Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> it seems to force the ball to him, right? I know it's so weird to say that, but over the past couple of weeks, I mean, he just, he, he only seems to look Taylor Gabriel's way, which is amazing because uh, we all know Chase Daniel would be much better for this Bears offense. Uh, but yeah, I like Gabriel as well. Chris loves <laughs> it's crazy, Mitch Trubisky. Tr- We're going to buy oh, Chris man. a Mitch Trubisky jersey. He's his favorite player. Uh, please don't. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tight ends. Chris, we're, no, stop, Joe. I see it. It's it's on the tip of your lips. We're not. No, well, we're gonna wait. You're, you're holding your mouth shut. You're not allowed to say it, Titan. No, I know, he I know. So that's guy. why I'm going to Chris first. We're waiting for you. I already know who you're gonna say. And you're gonna say nobody else. So I'm going to Chris first to find out if we have any other tight end options that you want to play. No, just no fan. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll let Joe talk, fan. But I, I, I think you spend down if you're gonna spend up. I would go Ertz because it looks like. The past couple weeks looks like 2018 Zach Ertz. I mean, back-to-back games with 11 targets and nine catches. Absolutely nobody there. Carson Wentz is is just force-feeding the ball to him, even even in double teams. So, again, no, it doesn't look like Elshon Jeffrey is going to play. And who else is catching balls, really? Like Dallas Goddard, we're getting excited about three or four targets from Dallas Goddard. So, I, I, up at the top with no Hooper and with no Kelsey and the way this slate is, Evan Ingram, very questionable. Darren Waller been quiet. I, I would spend up for Ertz, so I would, I would spend down for you-know-who. There you go, Joe. Yeah. So, guys, no fan. Ever heard of this guy? Is is he good? Uh, no so, idea. here's the thing. So, a uh, friend of the show, uh, JJ Zacharyson, tweeted. I tweeted this at both of you guys as soon as I saw it because um, I'll be the first one to acknowledge maybe the Noah Fant thing was very thin uh, in the beginning of the year. And since uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, is no longer with the team, 27% target share, 22% market share, 29% market share. So like, this is a guy that is an athlete. That's the whole reason we're on him before he is running routes, but now he's getting the targets and getting the usage. Like he's got over half a season under his belt now as a rookie. Like I, I think that Noah Fant is like 
probably the only piece in this game um, that I'm super interested in if we don't end up going uh, the kind of punt wide receiver route if he's banged up. So like, no offense, seems like he's still drastically underpriced at 3,900. Um, if we're just looking at things like routes run, like he's going to be like towards the top of anything you're looking at um, when it comes to that sort of thing. Like the team total is scary for sure. The game environment is certainly scary to Denver and Buffalo. I don't think there's going to be a ton of plays. Um, Buffalo is above average against head ends. Those are the knocks against him. Um, but I do think that the target share and the opportunity is what we want to kind of focus on in this spot. So this isn't a normal uh, Holka's talking about Noah Fant week. It actually legitimately seems like it, it's a thing. All right, so there is one person that is cheaper. He's more expensive by 200 on FanDuel, but he is cheaper by a couple. Actually, let me double check what the price was. It is 400 cheaper on DraftKings. No Juju Smith-Schuster, no Deontay Johnson. Vance McDonald in play. He's $400 cheaper. Oh, uh, let me let me just jump in here for a quick second because this is like Vance Romance is like kind of my guy. So like uh, if anyone's watching this on YouTube later, like right over my left shoulder is uh, the Stefan Diggs uh, Minnesota Miracle catch uh, on that team. That was like probably my biggest uh, one of my biggest hits ever in DFS. So on that team uh, had Vance McDonald in kind of a, a Pittsburgh stack against Jacksonville uh, when Jacksonville had that elite defense a few years back. Uh, so Vance Romance is my guy. I think he had like 10 catches in that game. Uh, so you, you don't have to talk me uh, too much into that. Um, I will say the one thing I forgot to mention uh, in terms of Noah Fant, like, so since Brent, Brandon Allen uh, took over for Flacco, Denver's had a 35% of his throws have been thrown towards the tight end position. So that's the third highest rate in football. So I think the volume super safe for Fant, but I uh, love the Vance Romance call. I think he's on my He's on my uh, board for sure. Yeah, 25% target share in two games for for Fan with Allen. And, you know, everybody listening to this show that has listened for the past couple of years, and, and Mike Wright, I'm sure as well, and everyone's doing the Vance dance. I mean, everyone loves Vance McDonald on this show. He's been really good to us over the past couple of years. And, yeah, you're right, Jake, all those weapons that are completely out. And in three straight games, at least seven targets. So, again, I don't feel like there's if this game is going to be high scoring, but at the tight end position, $3,500, I think he's an interesting pivot because I do feel like Fant will be pretty chalky and pretty popular, and I think Ryan Griffin will be too. But I also, you know, I don't mind Griffin, and it's the same kind of thing with Sam Darnold and Chris Herndon has been out. He's just getting a lot of volume, 15 catches over 200 yards and three scores in three games without Herndon. So uh, I don't mind that. I know the pressure, you, you bring up some good points about the pressure and dialing up, you know, especially Oakland over the past couple of weeks in that offensive line. But I still feel like Griffin will probably come away with six or seven targets. That's all you can ask for at this tight end position. Well, the pressure might actually help him and Crowder. So yeah, it could. So there you go. All right. Defenses or well, no quarterbacks. I, I almost scared. I was so excited to remember defenses with Chris back this week. I remembered him last week, Chris, and you weren't here for the first time ever. <laughs> I was so excited. I was skipped right past quarterbacks. So cash game quarterbacks, Joe, I'll let you go first. Well, uh, we talked about Josh Allen last week, so shout out to us. Uh, we also talked about Jeff Driscoll last week, out. so <laughs> shout out to us. Um, but yeah, I think that this week in particular, like Driscoll at 5,500 is still a guy that I want to take a deep look at. I hate this game. This Detroit and Washington game uh, scares me a little bit, and and they were running the ball a decent amount for Detroit. So that, that those are the concerns with Driscoll. I do like the price. I like that he's going to run. Um, so I'm kind of in on that. But like I said before, I think that it's going to be hard to get away from this Tampa Bay and Atlanta game. Um, both of those guys, again, I, I don't I don't love the slate for uh, quarterback overall. Um, so it, I, I'm not really super clear on exactly what I'm going to do yet uh, this early in the week. So full disclosure on that. But I think that Driscoll's at least in play at 5,500, but uh, elevated price tag for sure. Um, if you did want to pay all the way up, I, I think that maybe going 
Uh, to someone like Russell Wilson, where we don't have a ton to pay up for, I think he's going to be like the unique play off of Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's going to be a lot more popular again. But um, it's kind of wide open at quarterback to me this week. Yeah, and it, it absolutely is. Uh, I'm going basically to that Atlanta and Tampa Bay game in cash. I mean, it's the only one with a 50-point total. It's at 52. It continues to rise. I'm, I'm just basically going to go back and forth, but I have nothing negative to say about Russell Wilson. Even in a poor game, last time we saw him in San Fran, he still turned out like 17 fantasy points, so he's got a pretty solid floor. It looks like Tyler Lockett's going to be back, so I mean, get his number one weapon against the Eagles secondary. is a pretty good spot. Josh Allen every week. I mean, maybe, maybe not 6-4 against Denver, but even still, I you can project 17 fantasy points from Josh Allen because he was is exactly what he does every single week. Uh, so good on you for being on him last week because he was awesome. Yeah, you know how else you can publish, you know, or pr- pr- publish, project 17 fantasy points for? Somebody who only scores 17 fantasy points with five turnovers. Jameis Winston. And the only two for me this week are Jeff Driscoll and Jameis Winston. I'm going, it's going to be one of those two, period. Not, I'm not even touching Matt Ryan. I don't even want to deal with that. I just, I understand to get a piece of this game, uh, Chris, and that's why I'm saying Jameis, but for the cheaper price yeah. and for the guy that I know is just going to throw the ball no matter what the hell he feels like doing. It's like the one thing that I worry about with Atlanta is running at the goal line with Brian Hill or Kaji Olsen. So, and not that they might have a lot of success because we talked about that earlier, but I'm going, I'm going Jameis as much as I can. And a little sneak preview, he's not going to be wearing any clothes in my lineup. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, Joe just kind of alluded to it with Driscoll. I just kind of glossed over it. And last week on um, one of the shows I do at The Athletic, Best on the Board, we talked about Driscoll and just the rushing prop. If anybody's out there for, for props, I mean, this guy has nearly 90 rushing yards in his last two weeks. His rushing prop last week was 13 and a half. He easily hit that. So he's, Jake, you've heard said that a couple times already that he's very much like Josh Allen. Not so, very much. I mean, I think. Rip the name off the jersey. <laughs> Josh Allen. <laughs> Fair enough. So anybody in there to the rushing props, and I know Joe likes the quarterbacks who run around. I mean, that's pretty valuable to, to have a guy at that in that price range with two weapons. I know he hasn't utilized either of them, and Marvin Jones seems like his guy, and especially in the red zone, but Galladay and Jones and the fact that he can run, and I'm not crazy about Bo having a lot of success on the ground. I mean, he could call his own number. Yeah, the only thing with Jeff Driscoll, he might be a little bit safer with a little lower ceiling than Josh Allen, like because he's not as dangerous, yeah. but that's in Josh Allen's favor for fantasy purposes at times. So I think that's the that's the only difference that you can really see between the two. All right, so we got it, Chris. Defenses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know Cleveland. I like Cleveland a lot this week. I, I like Atlanta. I think uh, it would be silly to to ignore Atlanta. And then, um, you know, what you said about the Oakland Raiders and just the pressure. So those are basically just the three that I'm into. And I don't know when we get to tournaments, there is one more that I'll throw out there that you didn't throw. I'm surprised you didn't throw out one of them. We'll see if Joe throws them out. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, So I'm on Jacksonville a little bit. I guess I have some concerns that there's going to be a lot of running in that game overall. But Tannehill has been someone that I target frequently just because he takes a lot of sacks. Jacksonville is a team that will pressure. So I think that their price at 2800 on DraftKings makes some sense. Um, I think that the one that uh, is probably a little bit more optimal in that price range on FanDuel, like like Chris said, is probably Cleveland. Um, Those are the two that I'm looking at. Both teams pressure a lot. Um, Cleveland releases at home. Fitzpatrick will make mistakes. He'll take sacks as well. So like those, I think are the the top ones. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to find uh, a really cheap option. Like last week we talked about paying all the way down for the Cardinals, which ended up being really popular at high stakes, basically just because of roster construction. So I'm um, trying to get a feel for if there's any of these ones at the very cheap end that look like they're in play. Again, I, I don't love a lot of those. It's not like last week where there was just like a, a slam dunk play. I think. All right. 
I'll give you cheaper. I'll tell you the cheap play. The cheap play. Sorry, Jay, cut you off. Uh, the Bengals. The Bengals is a cheap play. Um, eight fantasy points last week against Oakland. And I'm telling you, this Pittsburgh team is an absolute mess. They've bottom five in every single offensive category. They can't move the football. They've been winning games just basically on their defense. Um, so I'm not really feeling their offense and if they're going to be without Connor uh, and Juju. So I'll just take that that 2K and take the savings and <laughs> hope they don't you, get me negative points. Before you, before you jump in, Jake, like he actually gets hit on the one guy. So like I, I do this this metric that kind of looks at quarterbacks that struggle as far as their yards per attempt while under pressure and while under clean pocket. And the worst quarterback I have in terms of that is uh, Mason Rudolph. So if he's going to see pressure and Cincinnati's a team that has brought at least a uh, uh, an, an average to slightly above average amount of pressure. I mean, at twenty one hundred, that's that's a really yeah, good spot, man. Fold under pressure. He's still kicking groins and trying to yank off helmets. Come on, that's not he's, he's not folding at all. <laughs> I actually would be very interested if Perfect was yeah. still with the Bengals and still playing at this point. That would have been interesting for me. But oh, yeah. Geez. Hey, DeAndre Williams said, "Hey, can we just sit back and as much as we can acknowledge." the bad things that happen and the things that have to be happen for suspensions and to make sure this doesn't happen. Can we at least just acknowledge on the flip side of things as a fan, that was actually pretty entertaining. Like it was just entertaining to watch like, a, like he compared it to a fight in hockey, Chris. Uh, I guess. I mean, Marty McSorley, when he swung his stick at Donald Brashear, it really reminded me of that. Uh, well, cause he here's the point. Like, uh, this isn't the show for it. I was going to say here's, He'd be swinging, swinging nah, stuff at guys, were, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's the same thing. Like, I think the difference in hockey is there's so much more mutual respect there for even a lot of these fighters. It like, was there, entertaining no television. If everybody comes out okay, even like that's health aside. I'm, you got to take as the point. Put it aside. Like, we watch UFC, WWE, like, put the health aside. People throw themselves through tables in WWE and barbed wire. Like, if we knew they're okay, because D'Angelo said this, what if you swung and missed? It still would have been a suspension, but people wouldn't be so outraged if he would have missed. But anyway, that's again, this isn't for this show. I was gonna say the Seattle Seahawks against your Eagles, Chris. Like they don't pressure the quarterback very well, but no Lane Johnson, no Alshon Jeffrey. What it seems like that no Jordan Howard. This just kind of feels like you know maybe it's going to come somewhat from picks because Carson Wentz forces the issue. But if that's the case, then I'm on board for it. Yeah, I don't hate that one. I think Lane Johnson is the absolute key uh, because when he was in that football game last week, they were up 10 nothing on the Pats. He just had a 95-yard drive, 16 plays that lasted nearly 10 minutes. The Pats hadn't given up a 95-yard drive in eight years. And then, then when Lane Johnson left that game, there was just complete pressure in Carson Wentz's face. He was panicking. He was getting sacked. Yeah, you're right. He was forcing some throws and doesn't have a, a whole lot to work with. And Miles Sanders, as much as I mentioned him earlier, he doesn't seem like that type of running back that can have success running between the tackles. Jordan Howard's done a really good job of that. So if Lane Johnson's going to be out, keep an eye on him. I think he's still in concussion protocol. Then it's probably going to be a long day for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'm with you. That was one of the guys I was I forgot to mention because I think he's going to be popular because of his price. He's 5,600, like around that same range as like Baker and some of those other guys. And people are going to be uh, scraping, I think, for value. So Carson Wentz, I mean, the, the team total is decent. Like, uh, like Jake said before, like people kind of want to attack the Seattle defense. So, uh, we'll see. I have concerns with Carson Wentz just cause he's not throwing the ball downfield at all this year. Um, and he just hasn't played, uh, played very well. So yeah, it's an interesting spot. The defense isn't, I'm not so much on the defense, but I think, uh, the Carson Wentz one, uh, oh, seems see, kind of bad. Man, I'm on the defense. I'm on for the Seahawks, but let's kind of tie that in and talk tournaments, which apparently Chris wants to roll out the bangles. <laughs> You down with GPP? 
Chris is down with the Bengals, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, Ryan Finley. He's going he's going all in the back. All right. We talk is there anything different? Usually when a wide receiver cries like Tyler Boyd did last week, he gets the ball. So I'm not You know what the funny thing is? This is where I was gonna pull this back for you, Chris. I'm looking at projected ownership right now. Number one, Falcons. Number two, the Bengals. I'm dead serious. I'm looking at it right now. I am shocked as you are because number three feels like I thought would have like actually three and four would have felt a lot more common with the Saints and the Steelers. But as of right now, a lot of people are looking at the same thing you are, the injuries, the opportunities. So your your tournament play might be out the window. So it looks like you might have to go somewhere else. Yeah, whatever. I'll just do it anyways. I mean, $2,100. <laughs> the smart people out there seem to be on the Bengals. They didn't even win this football game. That's <laughs> that's how bad I feel like the Steelers are in just such a tough spot. But I am a little bit shocked <laughs> to hear that. Second. Okay. Any defense that we didn't talk about, Joe, or move on? Um, maybe maybe the Broncos. They actually looked pretty good against the Vikings last week. I mean, they're 12th in adjusted sack rate. Uh, I do think that Josh Allen is a guy that has struggled against uh, tougher defenses. So I do think that, I mean, at 2,400 on DraftKings, they seem like a a decent value. They're one of those ones that's uh, they've been pressuring uh, recently a little bit more. So um, I don't think it's as strong as some of the other ones we mentioned, but uh, those are the ones I'm looking at. I guess we haven't really talked about any of the ones uh, paying all the way up. So um, if we're paying all the way up this week, do we have a a defense that's our favorite? I guess Cleveland's pretty expensive, so they're probably the one, but. Yeah, the Bears, they're all the I mean, way up at the top as far as like raw projection. All the way to the top, get... then, yeah, Daniel Jones, any given game is yeah. he's. Tell me if yeah. I'm wrong with this one. He is Jameis Winston for another quarterback comparison. He's going to go out there, throw 350 yards and four touchdowns. He's going to go out there, throw 200 yards and four interceptions. He's Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's kind of why I like him sometimes. <laughs> I know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. No, no slander, no Daniel Jones slander. Here. I mean, nine touchdowns in his last three games. I, I know he's he's not very inaccurate but maybe he gets some guys back this week that can help him out maybe a healthy Barkley Evan Ingram you know Tate's been pretty solid in that offense who knows the Sterling Shepard he's been practicing in full this week so he's surrounded by some weapons um yeah I don't care about the real life play fantasy if he's gonna throw the ball 40 times and and give me 300 yards I'll I'll take that so tight ends are we moving on from tight ends (laughs) do we have it because it was so simple easy that I mean really I think yeah, I think we basically mentioned everyone, didn't we? I mean Hollister, I suppose, but even that's in why that I actually range, feel you know, you know I'd rather just play. I fan. was gonna say, Chris, is I think that's actually why I would consider him a better tournament play. That's where his own, like so the ownership's there, but this is why I was still, even though his ownership's there, would rather play him in tournaments than cash, is because with Josh Gordon in the mix, with Luke Wilson back, with Ed Dixon back, that's just a lot of pieces where Hollister's taking advantage of essentially like the Noah Fant situation. He's taking advantage of everything's going to him. Now with everybody healthy, I'm not saying he's not going to be the top pass catching tight end because he will be, but are the snaps going to be there? Are the targets going to be there? And that's my only like legitimate concern. Yeah, that's a good point. Would you roll the dice on Cameron no. Bright? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, 14 targets and 10 grabs last week. I don't know, man. O.J. Howard may just be benched again. I, who knows? Cheap piece of that game. I don't hate it, man. I think he's he's fine at 3,600. Like, in turn, like Jacob Hollister is 4,300. He just seems too expensive, so I don't hate Bray. I, I think that if, if we actually, I don't know, do you think we'll hear anything more on O.J. Howard, or are we just, just guessing, guessing every single point? week? This is, no, I, why I said yeah, no is because it feels like Ronald Jones, the running backs, Chris. That's why. I just, I'm not, I can't. Yeah, I know there's definitely some risk involved, but uh, I think at that point when you're looking for a tight end in, in that range in a game that's we could see 50-plus points. I just think the Fant and Griffin plays are too close in price for me to 
even consider Brait. That's why. And Vance McDonald too. Like well, eight hundred dollars. Was that Joe? Oh I think he's going to have at least one more big game this year, so he might go <laughs> it on fire until that. <laughs> he's got the Eagles next week. I think right. he'll be then. Tournament wide receivers. There you go. You guys got anybody? Uh, oh, go ahead, yeah, I mean, nobody completely different from some guys that we were talking about. I mean, Tyler Lockett, I think in, in cash or may, cash may be some, some risk playing him. I know he's the third highest price wide receiver on DK, but you know, not including last the time, the last time we saw him week 10, I mean, he's been pretty consistent as somebody who's getting at least 50 yards. I mean, he had 50 yards in every single game, but week one. Um, so I, I think in, in that matchup, it's it's not too bad. But, you know, again, when you get up to 7-6, it's like, oh, I just want to find a way to get Julio or Mike Evans or Godwin. But if you're looking to just maybe pivot off that chalk with those three guys, you go the other way with Tyler Lockett. If you're, you know, a multi-entry player, I think he's, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that call quite a bit. Um, I guess if we... Wanted to talk about, I guess there's there's narratives surrounding this Jacksonville and Tennessee game that there's just going to be a lot of running if you kind of want to change uh, the game script a little bit. I think DJ Chark still, like going back to him, 6,400, like top eight and weighted opportunity. Like he was basically the alpha uh, last week with, with Nick Foles back there. So I think it, from a tournament perspective, he would uh, at least be in play if he ends up being I was going to uh, mention DJ Chark and in this same game. Joe, I know you don't look at matchups too much, but you do look at yards per route run. So on the flip side of things, when it comes to corners, this is yards per snap, which is essentially like the reverse of yards for routes run for corners. So if I told you this, if I told you a slot corner playing 50% or more of the snaps in the slot has given up 2.3 yards per snap, the next closest is 1.88. You'd probably want to exploit that matchup, right? D.D. Westbrook in the same game. Logan Ryan has been torched the last five games and overall this season he's actually third only behind grant haley and mj stewart who mj stewart not playing for the bucks and grant haley i don't even think he's starting anymore for the giants it's interesting i like i like d i like dd last week a little bit um didn't end up pulling the trigger on that one thankfully but his price is at a spot where um, if you think he's going to see volume at 4600 he's uh probably a decent amount stronger than some of these other guys we've talked about in like the mid 4k range right uh, and that's where i'm going chris sure. in tournaments like this i look for things like that you got to find you know it's not just hey this guy's four thousand dollars i kind of like him like you kind of pull these things it's not going to always hit but that's why the tournament plays yeah no there's definitely some some logic behind that call for sure um you know he's still involved last week in what was his only his second game i think he's only played like five quarters with nick Foles, and he was hurt a little bit i I know he missed practice today but it's only an illness so that's a positive sign as well yeah i think joe's right the narrative probably in this game is is a whole lot of running and and you look on the tennessee side the last time we saw them uh, the bkc but i mean there was nobody on the team who had more than two catches in terms of wideouts but on the other side, it, it does seem like, I know it was game script last week, Indy got up, but it does seem like Nick Foles is at least going to spread the ball around to some of these guys like Chris Conley included. And DJ Chark is, I think is a great play. Uh, but yeah, DD Westbrook. Absolutely. It means the same thing applies. Well, this is why we like him at the start of the season. I, th- I think there was one quarter where Foles had in the preseason. Yeah, it was only preseason. He threw the ball nine times, but six of them went to D.D. Westbrook. We know that, you know, John Filippo is familiar with Foles and his strengths, get the ball out quickly and utilize some, you know, some slot wide out. So, yeah. All right. Like so moving over to running back and tying in actually the wide receivers with this running back, go back to this Bears game. Sterling Shepard's out there. Are we tournament wise considering Tate because everybody will be scared of him or even Shepard or Darius Slayton and then Saquon Barkley tournament? I mean, this entire Giants offense, there might be something here, right, Joe? 
Yeah, like Saquon's the guy that I just want to believe in, right? Because we've seen it before. If he can get healthy somehow, I think that that's got to be at least uh, part of the problem, you'd think. Um, 7,900, like you're slowly but surely getting a little bit of a discount on him. If like you're you're trying to find like that Nick Chubb pivot, if Chubb ends up being popular, like maybe it's just, and obviously Kamara is going to be popular in that range as well. Maybe it's, maybe it's Saquon, like you said before, like sub 5% ownership. Um, the matchup against Chicago, like on paper, doesn't look great, but uh, the volume should be there. Uh, I have no issues with Saquon tournament. Those are the type of running back tournament plays that I make. Like guys that are going to see volume um, in a suboptimal spot that haven't really been doing a lot lately. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in on Saquon. Jake, I, like I think you're the best one to talk about all these Giants wideouts because we just haven't seen them all in the field together. I mean, Slayton's been trending up. He's been a red zone option. He's he's getting targets in the end zone scoring touchdowns we haven't seen Shepard in, in a long time Golden Tate has been balling out so that's kind of why I like Daniel Jones I mean you talk about Jameis N- naked I mean Daniel Jones probably fits that bill as well doesn't he I mean he's got all these weapons I mean Saquon catching balls out of the backfield too not being as efficient on the ground that's that's why I wouldn't be surprised if he came away with even against the Bears in Chicago three 300 yards and three touchdowns is, yeah is the possible. problem is Shepard's out there it's you know he's going to play outside which that's not his strength uh, the numbers were run before this season and everybody's read the articles I wrote one of the similar articles on him and that his numbers are significantly better in the slot that's Golden Tate's job does Golden Tate still see the target volume if Shepard's out there Slayton even on the field enough to be play so there's something here I, I don't think the Giants are going to put up a goose egg although it wouldn't surprise me if they did but I don't think just the amount of weapons that they have but it's going to be you're you're taking a huge chance of picking which the right one's going to be. Yeah, it's too much. So any other quarterbacks, running backs, tournament wise, that we didn't touch on? I think that we talked about most of the quarterbacks. I guess just one more thing from the tournament side of things. Like, do you guys have any particular? Like, we talked about Brait as being like a, a cheaper play in that Atlanta and Tampa Bay game. Like, as far as the wide receivers on that game like is there any Russell Gage like I know that like last week people might be looking at that a little bit differently if he gets in the end zone and that one ends up counting uh he's still 3,900 and then on the other side of the ball um is there I guess a a difference between Scott Miller and Perriman like 3,100 3,200 these guys are super thin but in larger field tournaments like this could make uh, a roster construction with stars and scrubs work so uh, any uh takes on like the really cheap wide receivers I I like Gage yeah, I, I played yeah. Gage last. Yeah, I played Gage last week, and you're right. If you know if he catches that in the end zone, we're probably looking ahead him a little bit differently um, because he ends up with you know double digit fantasy points, and he still checks in at under 4K. And again, another high total, right? I mean, 52 points. So yeah, I like that call by you as well. Um, I don't really have a feel on Perriman and, and old Scotty Miller. Uh, a lot of that from Scotty came in, uh, in in garbage time, but it's also very possible that that's going to be yeah, the case. Yeah, you made that argument for Devontae Parker. I do like Gage the most. <laughs> right, yeah. But I mean, at least Parker's been consistent. I mean, Scotty just came out of nowhere. <laughs> These are like probably like one out of 150 if you're running 150. I guess I, I can't really differentiate between the Perriman well, and Miller thing. They're just so cheap in this game. I'm trying to figure out. I think guy. he had more than Perriman yeah. in that game. I think he was over 50%. Let's check it out. I'll t- that's why people are talking about him just because last I mean, that was, game he played. That's basically the Marcus Johnson thing with the Colts. Trending up. So, no, Perriman still had one more snap, 53 to 52%. So there you go. But I think if you look at the week before, there's well, a yeah. bigger gap. So I think. But with the, what yeah, I was going to say for the Marcus Johnson with up. the Colts is he was made active and then immediately the second most. And it wasn't even. Yeah, so that that was why I was bringing that up for a differentiate there. All right. I'll toss out a. I'll toss out one more wider before we move on. Um, just because Jake, you and I talked about him. Randall Cobb, 
I mean, I, I'm not really all that afraid of New England, and maybe that's crazy to say, but I just don't feel like they've played a lot of great teams. And if Gilmore is going to be on Cooper and people are going to be going to Gallup, I mean, Randall Cobb is, has just been really consistent. He leads Dallas in red zone targets. He's got at least eight, seven targets in three straight games, back-to-back games, finding the end zone and having 100 yards in the, on, in through the air. I just think that, I mean, Dak leads the league in yeah. passing yards. And I just feel like they're going to be able to at least put up 20 points, even in New England. So at $4,800. Well, Joe, he brings that up because I mentioned the five best games or five best wide receiver performances against the Patriots. Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cole Beasley, Golden Tate, and John Brown. John Brown's the only one that doesn't play in the slot. Sharp. You guys are too sharp, man. I wasn't looking at Cobb, but that makes some sense. We're not, yeah, that's not cash. All right, yeah. let's do as we have been our lineups and if we have any stacks in the lineup. So maybe what, you know what I'll do? I'll do it backwards this time. DFS Battle Royale. With some possible. Stack attack. Possibly. We'll find out. Chris, you weren't here last week, so you get to go first. Um, so am I doing both at well, once? It's, it's kind of confusing. it's your lineup, and then if you have a stack in your lineup, or if you're trying to get a stack in your lineup, like it's. So I don't have a stack in my lineup. I'm I'm playing naked Jameis. I got Jameis in there at quarterback, and then Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb. <laughs> I know you don't no. have Chubb. Uh, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Jameson Crowder. I got Zach Ertz at tight end, Randall Cobb in the flex, and I am rolling out the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. Oh baby, let's oh. go! But honestly, even though I don't have this part of my stack, and I do feel Chubb, one of my favorite stacks is like we haven't seen it all year. Now's the time. Baker, he hadn't thrown more than, more than one touch down for the first nine weeks and now back-to-back games and multi-touchdowns baker to odell that's what we've been Joe, waiting when for. you tease the show phrasing right there for chris please get just clip that out <laughs> what what uh, what i'm not baker saying what you said just go back and listen <laughs> i don't even remember right. i don't I just look to the part where i make look. you can just you, watch actually, my video chris, and see i made a face when chris <laughs> i'll give you i'll give, yeah did you like should go back and look uh, last oh, yeah, week, Chris. the last part of the YouTube video. And anyone that missed last week, you should go back and look on the channel because uh, in, in the middle of like, who, I don't remember who we were talking about. Ham- Jake gets up with like uh, a strained hamstring. He starts jumping around. <laughs> oh, that's what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, cramp. okay. I saw those tweets. You got yeah, a hamstring so cramp, had to run off set out, because no, I had to stretch it out. I was going to say, I'm going to go second, Joe, because my first two start the same as Chris. He, he's got my naked Jameis, as I said. I told you guys it was going to happen as before, and I do have Camara. And I was able to get Camara in here with, uh, I think we might have a little bit of spillover, Joe, because I got some of your kind of guys here, but we'll see. Alvin Camara, Leonard Fournette. Oh, by the way, I don't have a stack. Well, technically, I do have two because I got Taylor Gabriel so I could get Michael Thomas. So I do have two Saints here. And if I could find a way to get the Saints defense, that would be the way that I get my piece of Kamara and differentiate with Thomas in the defense. But anyway, that being said, I don't. So I'll start over. Winston, Kamara, Fournette, Gabriel, Thomas, Landry, revenge game, Ryan Griffin, Devontae Parker. The first time I've done this season, no running back at the flex. And then the Broncos defense. Nice. I like that. I actually just pivoted my entire team because I don't want to be the third guy <laughs> that plays Jameis. So oh, wow. um, nice. I'm going to, and I don't know, typically play this guy, but I think that this could be the Matt Ryan Julio kind of explosion spot. Um, and I think that the Tampa Bay side is a little bit 
uh, tougher to figure out. So I'm actually going to go Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley, not going to bring anything back. Uh, so maybe just kind of fade your guys' Jameis teams, like trying to leverage in this three-man, obviously. So uh, I'll go with that main stack. And then uh, my running backs, Kamara, Miles Sanders, since you guys seem to hate this guy, I think at 5,600, he's at least in play. Uh, Leonard Fournette, got to get my Lenny guy in uh, for the week. Uh, and then I got a little bit of a mini game stack with uh, John Brown and Noah Fant together in the Cleveland defense. So um, I think I got a little, uh, a decent correlation going. Uh, one main stack, but then like a little yeah, mini stack. we spilled over a little really bit like across all of them. And then we forced you to go away from Winston. I'm glad I went second. Because I, I wasn't going anywhere else. Uh, maybe, you know what? I could have done a Jeff Driscoll on. We'll find out. I can squeeze Jeff Driscoll in there. Uh, make sure it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, so anyway, uh, to tell everybody, again, podcast, 10% off. If you go over to the footballers, you get my work, Chris's work. Chris is at Chris Mania. I'm at All In Kid. Joe's at Joe Holka. And you can also find on Instagram with this video. Check this out. Check us back next week. Good luck, everybody. We love you, Foot Clan. Hopefully more winnings in your pockets so you can keep spending more goodness in the DFS world. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.